0: Hey, everybody out there in BeastNet land, Brother Boggs here. I want to invite you down to the grand opening of Connector Juice Bar, 118 Broadway, Seattle, Washington. They make freshly made juices, smoothies, and fruit bowls. Just clean, healthy eating that tastes just as good as it makes you feel. Grand opening, November 17th, going through the end of the year. Come on down and check it out. Proud sponsors of BeastNet Podcast. BeastNet Podcast. Sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here, and today I've got with me Justin Scholl. So Justin, uh, let everyone know kind of who you are.
1: Uh, so, like you said, my name is Justin Scholl. Uh, I live out in PA. I'm the founder of Leah Valley Spartans. Been on the podcast twice now, but uh, OCR athlete, trail runner, and ultra marathoner, and I can now add 100 mile race DNFer uh, to that title as well.
0: DNFs are the worst. So. Yeah. Yes, they are. They are. It's hard. I mean, that's one thing I know me and Donna talked about it is the motivation after a DNF. I DNFed earlier this year, I DNFed my first attempt at an Ironman. Okay. And it's It was soul crushing. <laughs> I mean, it took me like a month to come out of the funk of like knowing what I did wrong, but trying to figure out how to fix it, but wondering if I want to fix it. If that makes
1: sense. No, man, perfect sense. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, uh, I made it 90 miles, uh, got driven two miles to the aid station. So to 92.5 is where I I pulled from out of 100. So I, I physically could not walk. So being like this close to being able to finish 100 mile or you know everybody's like oh you did a great job like you know 90 miles is nothing to shake a stick at like that's amazing but it's like yeah but i was there for 100 miles not 90. <laughs> like, I, I was just close this close so it's it's definitely oh. been with me mentally for sure
0: and i could see that 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 would be rough i mean that's one of the things i know. Um, it wasn't a hundred miler, but I know Don on his first attempt at a, a marathon with me, it was mile 20, 22, 22 or 23. His back just gave out and Oh spats. back he's to the point where he couldn't, like you said, couldn't walk. So he had to get a ride back. And it was one of those. It was, I was at a point where I'm like, cause at that point I was, we were eight hours in because we were both big guys at that time. And there's no way we should have been doing a marathon, but we did it anyway. Um, and I'm looking, going with the way I'm at right now, I can't stop to do anything. So it's pretty much like, tell me now, are you going or not? He's like, I can't, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Then I gotta go, because if I sit yep. here and try and help you, I'm gonna have to stop too. So and just kept going, and that was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made to say, okay, then I'm leaving you. I've got, I've got to go if I'm gonna do this myself. You know. So I, and- I wrote a, I wrote a
1: blog about about my uh, DNF with the hundred mile here at the River. Um, and in the little blog that I wrote, so, uh, anytime I do these big races, I race with a really good friend of mine, Chris Andrews. Uh, Mm -hmm. we've done a lot of stupid races together and, you know, we have, I think marathoners, ultra marathoners you have, when you run with somebody, there's that unwritten rule of, I'm not going to leave you until you cut the, the, you know, cut, cut it loose. Uh, and we were at about mile 77, 78. And I'm looking at the watch and I'm like, I mean, we were both hurting. We were both hurting, but I was like, Chris, we got to, we, we, we got to go. Like, we got to pick this up big time in order to finish. And he was like, you know, he was having trouble walking too. And he's like, can you, can you, do you have more left in the tank? And I was like, yeah, we got to go. And he's like, you, you, you got to go get that buckle. He's like, I, 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 if you stay with me, you're not, you're not going to finish. So like you said, man, the hardest thing I did was I left one of my best friends injured, alone, in the dark, in the woods of West Virginia, and we had no freaking clue where the hell we were. It was all we knew was he had to get back to this road to an aid station, and he was like, man, he's like, your headlamp disappeared so quick, and my headlamps quit, and I was cold and scared, and I was like, it, and it's a shitty feeling as a friend, but it is if I was in his position, I would have hoped he would have done the same thing to me. And there's new hard feelings.
0: No, and that was the thing with him. It was one of those, I mean, he told me, he's like, you need to go. Cause the whole idea was when we did that first one, my goal was to do a marathon before I turned, you know, 40. So okay. it was like, that was six days before my 40th birthday. I was in no shape to do it, but I'm like, I said, I was going to do it. So I'm going to do it. So he got me without him. I would have never gotten that 23 mile mark. Right.
1: But the fact it's that awesome. I was there.
0: You know, and he's like, you know, I can't continue it. And I'm like, well, then I got to go. There was, I would have never made it that far. So he got me to that 23 mile mark. And yeah. then I had to push the last like three miles by myself. But, you know, it is tough when you sit there and you have to leave him. And that was the hardest thing because I did my first uh, ultra Spartan Ultra. You know, it okay. was only 30 miles. But with the obstacles and everything else is, you know, it's still a little sarcastic. difficult. It is. And we were supposed to have a group. I think it was like six or seven of us, but you know, you know how it goes, you know, different things, medical issues, stuff like that. People weren't able to make it. And I ended up actually basically going alone. Um, but my biggest fear was that I have, I've trained really hard. I've lost, like I lost a hundred pounds. I've gained back about 30, but I lost hundred pounds. I was in a lot better shape. And I was like, I had that fear in my brain of what if it hits that point where, one of them can't continue and I have to make that choice of either I don't get my buckle or I have to leave them, yep. you know, and not to sound bad, they kind of saved me that choice, you know, yeah, because none yeah. of them, they didn't go, but it was one of those, I knew there was a chance that I would have to make it, you know, and thinking, you know, I know Don, Don would have continued. He would have been fine. I think just because mentally he would just push through it, um, whether he was physically there or not, but it was, it was a tough race. That was a tough one. I got it. I, I finished, I don't have a buckle, but that's another story. So <laughs> I finished my first ultra and they ran out of buckles. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And they ran out of buckles. I was finishing like 278 of 350 something. And I, I, they were out before I got there. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be good. There's a lot of really upset people about that, but yeah. But I mean, I know I did it. So, and that's what I couldn't imagine. You know, I've had three, two DNFs in my life. I DNF'd the Hawaii beast. But at that point I, I missed the cut by 30 seconds. Oh man, that's rough. And literally, I think it's probably the first time I've tried at a race. I was just, I was destroyed. Like didn't even want to get up the next day and do any other races. But I mean, everyone kept pointing out, not to sound bad, I did have a broken foot. And my foot was in a boot. So I shouldn't have been out there anyway. But, <laughs> but I missed it. That 30 seconds was like, you know, just really, I'm like, 30 seconds, you can't just, you know, but looking back, even if I had gone, continued with how slow I was moving because of that boot on my foot, I wouldn't have made it. I would have made the next one. I wouldn't have made the next guy. So okay. it was better that I got pulled, but still the fact that I knew it was only 30 seconds, and then like the Ironman, I was 19 minutes when I came back in on the bike and it was my own fault. I didn't train. I should have pushed it the next year because I only had two months of swimming training and I'm not a good swimmer. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's why I'll, I'll never do a triathlon. I don't, I, I don't swim very well.
0: And that's kind of why I wanted to do it, but it, the swim killed me. So, and it was the hardest thing because I was two miles out of the 56 mile bike ride I was at mile 54 when I was told that you're past the time and I'm looking at him and I'm like I've already done 54 miles he's like just finish the ride in but just know once you get in you're done and I'm like okay thanks let me at least finish the 54 you know 56 miles I mean I'm 54 miles in just let me finish that and they're like okay but it was just it was just heartbreaking, you know, so I couldn't imagine being at mile 92, you know, of a hundred miler, you know, and you'll have to give us a link to your blog. So I want to make sure people can read that too, but kind of give us what was going through your mind when you hit that. Cause I mean, that's gotta be the hardest decision where you want, you know, they always say it's mind over matter, but eventually your body does get to a point where it doesn't matter how much you want it. Your body's just not going to let you get
1: it. Yeah. So, uh- let me go back a little bit further in a race. Um, we were at aid station at mile 63. Uh, and we had saw that at this point we were living aid station, aid station, you know, it's, yeah. we're 16 hours into this thing already, 18 hours into it. And the next aid station was at mile 70. So we were like you know, seven miles. That's we got, that's fine. Yeah. So we started taking off and there was a a woman with her pacer and we got in the woods and it was the weirdest like mind mess. You could see headlamps in 360 degrees of you, but you had no clue where you were going. It's just, it was so dark and in the woods. So, and you know, when you're, you know, your watch is usually a little short or a little long, it's never dead on. So my buddy's was a little short, mine was a little long. Uh, and we're at like mile 69, mile 70, we're like, all right, like the aid station should be like over this next hill. Uh, it never came, it never came, it never came. We went like another, what felt like two miles and we just saw a mile 69.5. And we're like, what the hell is going on here? So we got, finally got to this aid station and everybody was just kind of like, it, it was already starting to play with your mind you're at mile 72, it's supposed to be at mile 70, so we're like, all right, well, at least we're banking miles, and then the whole thing happened where I had to leave Chris, Um, so I got to the next aid station, which was mile 79, saw my wife, my daughter, and Chris's wife, and his daughter, and I was like, these next seven miles to the next aid station are flat, like, I gotta, I can pick up some, pick up some time here, and I started moving where I was at, like, doing like 12 13 14 mile uh, minute miles which at that point in time was pretty damn pretty yeah. damn decent for me um, so I got to the next aid station uh, I beat cut off by an hour and a half which I was pretty happy with. I mm-hmm. doing math in my mind and I was like if I can keep a 20 minute mile this is in the this is in the back I, I freaking got this. So the first 14 miles and the last 14 miles of the race is on Ace Resorts property. Um, so I knew once I crossed Arbuckler Creek, I was starting my 86th mile and I was back on the property and like we're on the down, we're on the downhill. My legs hurt so bad when I got to Arbuckler, I spent 10 minutes trying to f- mentally trying to figure out how to move my feet cross the creek so I wouldn't get wet um got across the creek and then we went up this hill and halfway up the hill everything just seized on me and I mean like completely locked to where I would try to bend my knee and my uh, meniscuses were so inflamed and so tight they would rubber band back on me um so I I had trekking poles I was literally like my feet didn't leave the ground. I was literally dragging myself up the hill. And I went from doing, like I said, 12, 13, 14 minutes to 41 to 44 uh, minute mile paces. And I couldn't pick my feet up. So I was slamming my legs against rocks and like, I was just in so much pain and I looked down I was like, fudge, I got like five miles of this to get to the next aid station. And I started doing math and I was like, this is, it's over. It's, this is, it's it. Like I, it's not that I want this. Cause I do, it's, it's physically not going to happen anymore. And I can honestly, I, I love being in the woods on the trails by myself. Uh, this hands down was the most scared I have ever been. People were passing me and I was like, when you get to the aid station, please tell them 174 needs help. I was yelling out for help. Send me a gator. Next thing I know, I'm sitting on the ground crying. I, I haven't cried in like 15 years. No clue why I was crying. I just cried. And right. then uh, I finally got to a road. I went off course, uh, found a road. Some heard an engine, and I'm like, this is this is my one and only chance to get help. Uh, see this truck coming down. F- flagged them down with my trekking poles and. It was like, dude, I don't know who you are. You don't know me, but I need you to take me to Concho Rim. Uh, I had called my wife and left a voicemail. She was supposed to meet me at the finish line at 11 a.m., right? Which was what I was on pace for. I called her at 7 o'clock in the morning and told her, told her to meet me in an hour because I was almost done. I had not, no clue what was going on. Then I texted her. I was like, no, it's three hours. I'm like, oh, my God, they're not even awake yet. Like, what's up? This, they were like, you're not making coherent sense, so I got driven back and they were checking me for uh, structural knee damage, which thank God I didn't have any. I just had meniscus stuff. Uh, but I was sitting in the bed of my truck. I just looked at my wife. I said, I'm sorry. I started crying. I was like, I'm sorry I couldn't do it. I just There's nothing I could do. And I, I mean, my daughter was there, my daughter, and my wife for my crew. Um, they crew for me a lot, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's always great to show your your, your kids that you put your mind to shit. You can accomplish it. Um, But I think it was also really good for my daughter to see that, you know, yeah, dad failed, but I, he literally gave it everything he had till he physically could not move anymore. He did not, he didn't quit. Uh, So, you know, you don't always succeed in everything in life. So I think that was a good, uh, something good for my daughter to see.
0: Which is true. That's one thing, you know, I mean, we do do a lot on this show. We'll talk about, you know, a lot of mental health stuff and a lot of wins that people have, but we also like to talk about, you know, stuff like this because we all go through it. I mean, and I think a lot of people really don't know how to deal with, hey, I didn't make it, you know. Um, it happens, unfortunately, you know. And like you said, the DNFs, it's it's rough. And now I think the hardest ones are, you know, ones like that where, I mean, you know, you put everything into it. Um, I think the only thing that was harder for me, like when I, the Ironman was, I knew I had more in the tank. Like I knew, you know, I, I finished the bike and the run, I'm like, this is what I do. This is, this is what I was here. I run, you know, I run a hundred miles a month, every month, you know, I run constantly. It's like right now I was looking, you know, i had been screwing with my computer. I was supposed to run between work and here, but I had computer issues and I didn't get it in. So it's like, my brain is going into fits like you're supposed to run today. So I got to go run at some point, but you know, that's my thing. And so it was tough because I was still. I had that. I'm like, I got everything in the tank. I can do this, but I just ran out of time where with yours, you pushed yourself till your body wouldn't move, you know? And that I think is a whole nother one where I think that would be the tougher DNF, you know, that you pushed yourself to that point and you know, you did it, but it's tough because you know, you, you gave it everything you had and you left everything on that course, but you didn't come back with that buck. Yeah. And that's gotta be the, that, that's, that's tough to get past. I mean, it's a tough mental thing to get past that you put everything out there, you know, and didn't come back with that buckle. I mean, I haven't been as far as, like I said, that first marathon I did, I had my left ankle locked up for the last two miles. I couldn't, my ankle wouldn't bend. So yeah. Like, he's, yeah, Don took a video of me running into the finish line and it looks like I'm pig-like because I can't bend my left ankle, but I'm like, yep. I'm finishing this damn thing, you know? But that was 26 months. I mean, you know, 100 miles, the most I've done at one shot was 43 for my birthday last year. Okay. I'm stupid. And someone said, you know, hey, I know, let's run my age for my birthday. (laughs) You better hope you don't live long, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I'm trying to decide this year. I'm thinking I might be winning again this year. And I haven't said it yet, but I think I am. I just haven't told anyone yet. So it might be one of those things that I just go do it. You know? Well,
1: once, once this podcast airs, it's going to be out there.
0: Yeah, it is. I am doing, um, we are doing a friend of mine, and I don't know if it was me, Dawn, or my friend Brian. One of us came up with this idea a while ago for a challenge, and we called it the Pretty Mike Challenge because I lost the 100 pounds. You start and do a 5K, starting with 100 pounds of weight, and then every quarter mile, because we're going to do it on a track, you drop 10 pounds. Dude, that's a cool. That's cool.
1: I like that idea. That's awesome.
0: So once we hit, so once you hit the last, like, I think it is two, two laps. So basically like the last half mile, you end up running with no weight, but you, you have to drop the weight as you go. And it's, it was one of those things, I think it's, you know, between Don and Brian, I think they came up with it. And I just, because it was based on my losing a hundred pounds. So we're going to, we're going to do that the Black Friday rather than going shopping. We're going to go do that. So that's awesome. I like, I like that a lot so but it's one of those things where we come up with those crazy ideas but I, I think you know that's what I was going to do for my birthday this year but I'm like I feel like I kind of started a tradition and I got to do the 44 so for so my it's, 40th birthday.
1: it's funny you're talking about your birthday uh so my birthday was the 100 mile race it, was, oh. it started on my birthday <laughs> so ran through the ran through the entire day of my birthday into the next day and then
0: yeah but it's one of those things, I mean, it, it sucks. But the, the next question I have is. And there's usually two answers to this, where mostly is, are you going to do it again? Are you going to go for another shot? And I know for me, like when I've had these, I'm like, forget this. I'm done. There's no way I'm doing this again. And then like with the Ironman, I'm like, this is stupid. I ain't doing it again. And then I signed up the next week for the next year. So, So
1: I can say I am not going back um when I originally signed up for this race I had told my wife this was a once and done this was the last distance I wanted to check off for like the runner's checklist that I didn't have I have everything from one mile up to 100k checked off 100 mile was the last thing I needed to check um looking at it logistics wise expense wise hotel uh pacer crew like all the expenses it's just to me, it's not worth it. Uh, It's overly expensive. I can go run a 50K for freaking 59 bucks, $79. Knock it out in six to seven hours and be home the same day. No crew, nothing. Same thing with hundred K. You know, I had a crew for that, but I knocked that out in 14 hours and drove home the same night. And, you know, I wasn't spending five days somewhere or you know if i go out west you acclimate to the altitude and the 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 jet lag and i'm i'm not i I honestly don't have a desire to to do it again um however it was funny on tuesday monday or tuesday the race company that puts the 100 mile race on they announced their uh 50k back in february and that they're going to be holding uh, 100k there In 2023, my wife was like, I was already waiting for the post, headed back to West Virginia. I was like, well, maybe for the 100K. The 50K, I'm not running in the snow. I'm not doing a 50K in the snow. As much as I love the winter, uh, this 100-miler was – there were some areas where I thought I was for sure going to lose fingertips. That's how cold my hands were. So we're not going back in the snow for
0: for sure. So if you had a 100-miler that wasn't – would you do it again if it wasn't there in west virginia if it wasn't in the snow if it was one of those like hey it's going to be where you're you know closer to home
1: so that's eastern states 100 for me that's only like hour and a half away
0: now, um would you do that i mean it's one of those things because i know sometimes too as you look at it like for like i've done the hawaii you know spartan a couple of times and that's you know a big thing but we always a vacation, yeah you know? That's a big jump. It's a big, you know, we I like to be there a week early because I like to acclimate to the heat and the humidity yep. before I do it. You know, that's what was nicest last time. I went and I ran every day in the heat and humidity for a week before I did the races. Where, you know, if it's where you live, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about getting acclimated to that West Virginia, you know, altitude, the cold, everything else. I mean, would that change your decision?
1: I honestly don't think so. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the race was a very good experience and the company that puts it on, they're freaking, even though it's only the second year, the event was top notch. The scenery is beautiful. Um, I just, I don't want to be up that long, man. That sucked. (laughs) Like, you know, we had 32 hours and I was probably, I was on pace to finish in like 30 until the shit happened with my, with my legs but I was up four and a half hours before the race. Like I just don't want to be up 36 and a half hours, 34 and a half, whatever the hell it is. Uh, just trying to live on gummy bears and freaking ramen noodles. Like it's just now I, it was a good experience, but I can honestly say like, I always wanted to do Eastern States. Uh, but now after doing this, I'm like, you know what, if the only way I'll go to Eastern States or be back at another hundred mile race is if it's the crewer pace. Uh, I'll more than more than help out any of my friends, crew, pace, whatever they want. I'm just, I'm not going to be the guy who's going to be the main the main show.
0: And I could see that it's one of those things. I mean, there are all those events, like I said, with the Ironman. It's a it's a half Ironman. It's something you know that if done right, I'll be done in six hours. Like you said, that's the difference. I'll be done in six hours. But the toll that you put on yourself for that hundred miler, and a lot of people don't think about that. It's not just you know driving out there, going a hundred miles and coming back, you're putting, you know, 30 hours of running. So you're putting your body through constant movement for 30 hours. Plus sometimes, sometimes a little less, depending on, you know, your athletic ability. So it's not a, a simple, it's not a simple race. It's a very intense race. And I know a lot of people, I know a few people that have finished and a lot of people that have DNFed a hundred miles because you hit that point where your body isn't fueled like it should be because you're not, you know, cause it's hard. It's almost impossible to there and fuel yourself for the calories you're going to burn when you're moving for 30 hours straight. So last year
1: for the first year of the event, it was like high 73 or something like that. And a low of 56. So, I mean, like it was almost a little too warm, but yeah. like perfect at night. Uh, this year, the high was 50. And the low was like 27, and then we were down by the river, you know, the New River running. Um, 250 people started it, 142 finished uh, under um, the 32 hours. There was one person that finished just like just over 32 hours. Um, So 107 people did not didn't even come close or didn't didn't finish, and everybody was saying like. The cold this year just it just destroyed you it, it made everything tighten up so much quicker and then like fueling I was eating stuff I mean you know when you're an ultra you eat some weird shit to begin with but I was eating some random stuff we were in Fayetteville around 10 30 11 at night and this guy got a I don't know who he was he got a cup of mashed potatoes topped with coke and sprinkled with gummy bears and I'm looking at this guy like That is not going to be good. He took this first spoonful and it was just pure bliss in heaven for this guy. Like that's what he needed at that moment in in time. But it was like, you eat some, you eat some weird stuff, but you, you, you don't, you're constantly burning those calories. It's so tough to, to fuel and like the other thing that I have an issue with is like, if I know an aid station seven miles away, I'm like, I'll see the next aid station. But as the night progresses on, you know, seven miles could be an hour and a half and you shouldn't be going
0: that long without eating yeah no i can see that that would be bad to go that long without eating so but yeah no you shouldn't be you know yeah you shouldn't be going that long without eating but that's the hard part is it's like to be out there for 30 fuel you're going to need is difficult so yeah i know that that fueling for, for an hour and a half that's got to be the hardest part is to figure out the fueling i found some of my favorite things are either wraps i like peanut butter sandwiches but other people have weird things
1: yeah i was i was big with uh Plain ramen noodles and beef broth with bread and butter pickles. Oh, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. That's not bad. No. It was that, uh, quesadillas, pepperoni rolls, uh, mac and cheese, electrolyte drinks, gummy bears, uh, caffeine chews. Um, what else was I eating? Oh, I think it's about it. Oh, Coke oh, and Coke. Mountain Dew. Any any ultra man, Co- Mountain Dew is the absolute ticket. I, otherwise, I don't drink I don't drink soda.
0: I've heard that from people that like don't, don't drink it at all except for when they're doing races like that.
1: Yep. Uh, any ultra, if, if the, an aid station has Mountain Dew, I am getting Mountain Dew. That is like that. That carried me in my 100K uh, the entire day. Mountain Dew, uh, gummy bears, and pierogies was like. That's all I needed with a little bit of pickles here and there.
0: See, you that's know, just crazy. Like where you think of Mountain Dew is like the sugariest soft drink and like people use it constantly. I've heard that from multiple people for ultras.
1: Yeah. This is the first race I went to where is they offered it you. The sugar? Yeah, I, I think I so. Think like so. your body's still craving it's it. Crazy. But This one was weird. Going. They offered, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you could either get carbonated or flat um, Coke, ginger ale, or Mountain Dew. Um, I went, I always go for the, for the carbonated just cause I don't like the taste of, uh, flat soda, but yeah, man, Coke Mountain Dew is, that's the way to go in a, in an ultra event.
0: Huh? That is so weird, but you don't drink it any other time besides that.
1: Uh, Mountain Dew. Absolutely not. Uh, like if I go out to a restaurant, like here and there, I'll get like a soda, but, uh, no, I don't, I, we don't drink soda at home. Don't drink it at work. Uh, but ultras damn right. I'm drinking soda. Uh,
0: that is the weirdest thing. Cause me, I don't drink soda that much anymore because once I started losing the weight, that was one of the first things I got out, but that is definitely an interesting thing to look into.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know the science behind it. I mean, I would imagine that you would need, you know, you do need some sugars, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the science guy behind that. All I know is it works. Huh.
0: You know, for me, I've always been very careful about, I make sure whatever I'm going to use on a race that I've eaten it and I know my stomach can handle it because I've been in one of those races where I ate something I wasn't used to. And yeah, all of a sudden I had to like run really fast to find a photo. Body.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That happened to me in a 40 mile last year. I will not, I will never in my life eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in a trail race ever again.
0: See, for me, it's the, I can have the peanut butter, but not the jelly. Okay. So I do, cause that's one of the things that I do a lot. I just did a, it's the battle miles death race. I did last weekend. It's 30 miles plus some other things, you know, workouts every mile. Okay. And that's all I had for a few of the whole time For all 30 miles was, uh, I had peanut butter sandwiches, no jelly, just peanut butter. So.
1: And I know that works for a lot of people too.
0: Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people That's the something about the sugar and the, the protein and the peanuts, but
1: I'm big with uh, beef jerky. I will bring yeah. beef jerky along to every single race.
0: I could see that with the salt because one of the big problems I have, and I haven't been able to figure out if it's because of not enough salt or too much before a race, but I, my hands balloon up. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. To where the point like the last when I was doing the ultra in Dallas, um, when I got to the last couple races, the last couple things like the monkey bars, my hands were so swollen, I couldn't even grab the monkey bars.
1: Oh, wow. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So and I don't know what it is. It's only, you know, and I'm thinking it's because I'm not used to salt. And usually on those races, I'm out of town. So I'm eating fast food and eating stuff that I'm normally not eating. So I think I might be getting more salt than I'm used to right before the race. So, yeah, that's probably what it is. Cause it usually doesn't happen, you know. And I thought about it, well, when I did the death race, it was here last weekend and I'm like, man, but I bloomed up. And my wife's like, Yeah, but the night before we had pho, which is full of salt. You know. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Which I'm not too when I cook, I don't put salt in anything I cook. I very rarely have anything salt in it. So So I know I, there's so much more I want to talk to you about, but I think what we're going to have to do is have you on another episode, but we're having such issues with the internet, um, it's getting kind of weird where the internet's going back and forth. So, um, I think we should, you know, finish up here and then see about maybe having another episode where we bring you back on in a couple of weeks and talk about some more stuff. So, because I really like hearing about the stuff with that, you know, I guess like hearing what is the right word, but talking to someone who has been through the the dnf and mentally how it messes with you but at the same time where you're still looking at it where you're still looking at it as a good experience i mean it was a bad experience in a way but still you learn from it which is Absolutely. The way you should that so so yeah so let's go ahead and you know what what do you think the listeners should take away from from this you know um and then, like I said, afterwards, we'll send some emails back and forth, Forget that no time we bring you on when I have better internet.
1: Hmm. Yeah, not a problem. So I think, uh, you know, it's okay. I think it's okay for a DNF to mess with somebody mentally. I I, I think that's okay for a runner. Um, I think you always see when, like, somebody says, oh, I DNF'd. It's like, hey, welcome to the ultra. Don't worry about it. You'll get it the next time. Like, you always get that positive reinforcement. But. I think it's okay to, to mm-hmm. dwell on it and deal with it. Um, I think if you, if you are going through that, you're not, it's, you're not alone. It's not just you. Um, just take the time to, to process it, but don't let it get you to the point where, oh, man, I DNFed in this event. I'm just going to quit the sport together. Like I'm still going to run ultras, yeah. just not gonna do hundred mile races. Like I've DNF 40 mile races before I DNF the hundred K, but I've completed hundred K I've completed 50Ks, 50 Ks, 50 miles. Like I'm still not going to get, get out of the sport, but it just, uh, you know, process it, figure out how to turn it into a positive. Uh, and don't, I mean, don't let it get you so down. You like figure out why it's messing with you. I think that's what people should take away from it. Like I know my why. I know why it's messing with me. I was six points or seven point five miles away from finishing a hundred mile race. It's not that I only ran 90 miles, like that's still a hell of an achievement. But like I said earlier, I didn't come there to run 90 miles. I came there to run a hundred.
0: Yeah. And and that's gotta be, and like I said, that would be the part that I think would mess. With me the most is that I pushed my body to that limit and I just I couldn't go. Yeah, I think that would be the hardest part for me. And it's one of those things. It's like, like I said, I did enough, you know, you know, the Ironman, but it was a different situation where I just wasn't fast enough, you know. Right. And that's, but I still had money. I still had stuff in the tank, so that one drove me nuts because I knew I wasn't quick enough. Where I just knew my training wasn't what should have been for the swim, you know. But on yours it's one of those like you kept going until your body was like nope you're done you know and that's got to be a completely different feeling yep so all right well thank you for, for talking to me um sorry that the internet has been such an issue like i said this was the first time i've done this on my ipad um and right now we're in the middle of a storm the internet's just horrible so um thank you for talking no to worries, me man. i definitely want to talk to you again soon Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.